lockdown in New York, we just adopt to, to our situation by turning it into a spiritual retreat, which is quite commonplace with um, the mystics always have this period of hermit in the hermitage meditating with a retreat and when they come, they come out so but we're reading um, we're going to continue with the younger of the Sufis with uh, Ali uh, who's born 1242 and he's uh, he is 21 years older, born 21 years sooner, before Maneri, reading Aliyah from the, from the Morals for the Heart. Uh, Assembly 34, Monday the 29th, to AH709, June 18, 1309. I obtained the blessing of kissing the Master's feet. He began to speak of the special virtues and spiritual attainments of Ibrahim Adham. May God have mercy upon him. For nine years he lived in a cave. Hmm. Hmm. I was in a cave where the cave maintains the constant 68 degrees. For, could you imagine? It, nah, it's always 68. Noted the master, and there, for nine years he lived in a cave, noted the master, and there was a stream running through that cave. He sat by the stream and devoted himself to God Almighty till one evening it became very cold, in fact freezing cold. He thought he was going to perish. In the darkness he stretched out his hand and felt a leather garment. He pulled it around his shoulders and made himself warm. As the new day began to dawn he discarded that garment and when his vision gradually cleared he saw dragons closed his eyes, lowered his head, and he began to tremble. It was while he was in this state of fright that Ibrahim Adhim, may God have mercy upon him, heard a voice. We have saved you from destruction through destruction. That is to say, from possible destruction by the fierce cold, we rescued you through dragons, which also could have destroyed you. Hmm. From destruction through destruction. After that, the master recalled the incident of another dervish who had experienced a similar miracle. This is a ka karama. He had fallen into a pit, and there was no rope to pull himself out. He was in the brink, on the brink of destruction. Suddenly he saw something resembling a rope which had been lowered from above into the well. He recognized it as a way to save himself. He grabbed it and was pulled out of the water. When his vision gradually cleared, he saw that it was a lion which had lowered his tail into the pit. Again, he heard the same message. We have saved you from destruction through destruction. Goodness. You think like cures like, like in homeopathic medicine? <laughs> we are cured by destruction. And he continued to speak of the miracles, the karma of saints. Quote, there was once a blind saint. An adversary came and sat down in front of him, wanting to test the saint. To himself, he thought, 
Quote, since this person is blind, there must also be some defect in his inner person. Turning to the blind man, the adversary started to ask, quote, What is the sign of a saint? But as he was asking the question, a fly came and alighted on his nose. The man swatted it away, but it came back. He swatted it again. The third time this happened, in the meanwhile, he managed to ask his question. The least, the least of the signs of the saint, replied the blind man, is that no flies alight on his nose. <laughs> the master then began to explain the importance of paying attention to a morsel of food and its effects. Now, a morsel is not a big part piece, is it? Would you think a morsel is small? Mm -hmm. Paying attention to a morsel of food and its effects. In, in French, it's more soft. A morsel is softer? A morsel is a piece. A piece of food. Quote, there was once a youth who presented himself to Abraham Adham, may God have mercy upon him, and became the latter's disciple. So totally immersed in the worship of God was he that Abraham Adam became amazed at his obedience and devotion. The saint scolded him, saying, This lad is just beginning the life of a Sufi, and yet his feats of obedience put me to shame. After that, an inner light flashed within Ibrahim Adham, quote, All those accomplishments are satanic. That youth is eating food unlawfully earned, and hence Satan is flourishing through his acts of obedience. When the situation was made known to Ibrahim, he asked, said to that lad, quote, Take your nourishment from the same food that I am eating. And the youth did as he was directed. The food appropriate for dervishes, which Ibrahim Adam was eating, he paid for by carrying and selling wood. Youth began to eat food purchased by the same kind of labor. That baseless obedience he formerly practiced was gradually displaced by his new devotion, even to the extent that he began to say the canonical prayers with genuine effect. Finally, he accomplished the true work of Sufis and returned to his origin, that is, he attained salvation at death. Added the Master, it was for the benefit of his disciple that Abraham, him, Adham, disclosed this secret, which is the secret of all secrets in attaining blessings. Every sheikh must perform a similar function, but, quote, he concluded, quote, total sincerity. Sidka, S-I-D-Q, is necessary to obtain even a small amount of true devotion. Total sincerity is necessary to obtain even a small amount of true devotion. Next, the Master spoke about the reward for self-denial. Quote, Shah, Juja, Suja. Kermani, may God have mercy upon him, did not sleep for forty years. After forty years, he fell asleep one night and saw Almighty God in his dream, and after that time he made plans to sleep so that he might again enjoy such a dream. 
One day, a voice from the unseen proclaimed, quote, that felicious dream that you had was a reward for your continual wakefulness during 40 years. The master then spoke about the accumulation and expenditure of worldly goods. Quote, the tradition of the prophet, peace be upon him, had been handed down in two versions. One, permissible earnings should be accepted and interdicted earnings would lead to torment and punishment in the next world. And two, both permissible and interdicted earnings would lead to torment and punishment. Now, torment and punishment as the consequence of interdicted earnings is self-evident, but torment due to permissible earnings requires explanation. The wage earner would be required to stand erect in the noonday sun of resurrection. He would be made to give an account of what he had earned and from what sources and with what result. This tradition, namely that one would be accountable for both permissible and interdicted earnings, has been attributed to the commander of the faithful. I may God show favor on him. The master next began to talk about spiritual masters who did not accept money. Quote, there was, were conditions attached to, to accepting and expending money, unquote, he explained. One, quote, one should accept money only if one thought it was merited. For instance, if the person to whom the money is offered is a alawi, the giver might give it to him, believing that it, he belongs to the family of the prophet. Peace be upon him. But if one who is proffered money is not an Alawi, then it would be unlawful for him to accept. In this connection, conversation turned to, quote, to what a spiritual master in need should do. Master observed, quote, he should not ask for anything, nor should there be any intention to ask, nor the expectation that something would be offered. But if, without intending to receive or expecting to be offered, he receives something, then it is permissible for him to accept. He told a story to illustrate this point, quote, a pious man used to say, I... Quote, I will never ask anyone for anything, nor do I expect to receive anything from anyone. Yet if someone offered him something, he did not hesitate to accept, even if the giver was the devil himself. The master then smiled, noting that the holy man had said something to this effect in order to make it known to what extent he did not care who was the giver or from whom the money was offered. He, his chief concern was to indicate that he expected nothing from no one. Master next commented on one of the major traits of the prophets. Blessing be upon them all. Namely that at the time of his death, each prophet was given the choice of staying longer in this world or departing at once. When the last moment arrived for Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, it occurred to Aisha, may God be blessed with her, Please with her, that she should re inquire whether the prophet, maybe peace be upon him, wanted to linger a few more days with his companions and wanted instead to depart to the next or instead to depart to the next world. Pondering this issue, she visited the prophet, peace be upon him, and looked intently at him. The prophet made blessings and peace be upon him, declared, May I depart with the prophets, the righteous, the martyrs, and the virtuous, O oh, most merciful of those who grant mercy. Mm-hmm.
This concludes a part of Morals for the Heart. Fawa id al fud a fuad. Fawa id al fuad. That's supposed to have some sort of internal rhyming thing. Fawa id al fuad. That's a, a Persian name uh, of this book, uh, Morals for the Heart, which I wrote within a period of one year and five months from the beginning of Saban 707 to the end, Du al Hija ah, AH 709, and if God, the exalted and glorious wills, whatever more I hear of the precious word proceeding from the Master, I will record in the same fashion. Quote, with assistance from God Almighty, Hassan may meet with success. See, this writer is Amir Hassan. He's a disciple of the Sheikh. This is a like a spiritual discourse book that was supposedly edited and checked by the Master himself. So it's early version of spiritual discourses. Next, we come to the festival two, the hereafter two, which uh, may be more. A second, volume two. In the name of God, full of compassion, ever compassionate, these lofty pages and fragrant breezes have been gathered from the blessed speech and pious breath of that upright master, the pole of the poles of earth, the seal of the saints in both worlds, Sheikh Nizam of truth, of guidance, of faith. May God provide for the Muslims through the lengthening of his life. Amen. In like manner, I have previously recorded some bits and pieces and binding them together called that volume Morals for the Heart, Fawa id al-Fuad. I am hopeful that the reader, together with the writer, will achieve the collective benefit of both worlds, if God the unique wills it. I give to friends these pages, for now my book is done. Of those who hope count Hassam, Allah sees as one. Section 2, Assembly 1, Wednesday, April 1, 1310. I obtain the benefit of kissing his feet. Conversation turned to leaving the company of people. This is maybe going into a stay in place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's going into quarantine. Or leaving the company of people. On his blessed lips came the remark, In the days of my youth I had sat and fraternized with people. Always the doubt lingered in my mind, How can I escape from these people? Even though they were scholarly men, and I too was engaged in research, aversion to their company haunted me so much, so that many times I would say to my friends, I don't want to be among you. I have been like your guest for a few days, nothing more. Interjecting, I asked the master, quote, Did this take place before you became attached to Sheikh al-Islam Farid Adin? That's Baba Farid. May God sanctify his lofty secret. Yes, it did, I, he replied. That's before he met Farid. Assembly 2, Assembly 2. Two two Wednesday twenty seven seven oh nine April twenty eight thirteen ten 
I obtained the good fortune of kissing his feet. Conversation turned to disciples visiting their master. The central issue was how often should we they make such visits? From his lips, plus the lips, he recounted three times, once each year while he was alive. Three times, once each year while he was alive. I have gone to visit Sheikh Islam, Farid of truth, of law, of faith, Farid Adin, may God sanctify his lofty secret. And then he added, quote, after his death, <clears throat> I had gone seven other times, or was it six, question mark. In all likelihood, I had gone seven times. Yes, to the best of my recollection, during his lifetime and after his death, I visited him a total of ten times. Hmm. After that, he observed that Sheikh Jamal Adin Hansali had made seven visits from Hansi, and then he spoke about Sheikh Najib Adin Mutawakil and his visits. Quote, after his first visit, at the time of departing, he requested the sheikh to recite the first chapter of the Quran, Surat al-Fatiha, in order that he might return again and again have the benefit of kissing his hand. The sheikh replied, quote, there is no need to recite the Fatiha. You will come again many times. After that, he did return 18 more times, and on the 19th visit, he asked the sheikh to recite the Fatiha, as he had on his first visit. At that time, quote, pleaded Sheikh Najib Adin, you had replied, I will come and visit you many times again from then till now. I have visited nineteen times. I request you to cite the Fatiha that I might visit one more time and make the total number of my visits twenty. Sheikh Farid remained silent. Sheikh Najib Adin assumed that Sheikh Farid had not heard what he said. He repeated his request, still the sheikh did not reply. Finally he got up and left, and after that the two never met again. Then the conversation turned to Sheikh Baha Adin Jakaria. May God have mercy upon him. The Blessed Master spoke about the meeting of Sheikh Baha Adin with the Sheikh of Sheikhs. Shahab Adin Suhar Ra Wardi S U H R A W A R D I Shake of Shakes. May God continually sanctify his whole lofty secret. Quote he had been with Sheikh Saib Adin but seventeen days. When on the seventeenth day Sheikh Saib Adin conferred on him his blessings and dismissed him as a fully empowered disciple. After Sheikh Bahadin had come to Hindustan and been there for many, for some time he determined that he should return to Baghdad and visit his Sheikh. But on the way he was intercepted by Sheikh Jalal Adin Tabrizi. May God have mercy on him. Sheikh Jalal Adin turned back, Sheikh Bahadin saying, quote, It is the command of the Sheikh of Sheikhs that you return. After that, the master spoke at length about the saintliness of Sheikh Bahadin, quote, in but 17 days, 
he declared, Sheikh Bahadun obtained the blessings that other disciples had not acquired in years. So rapid was his success that some of the older disciples took offense, complaining, But we have spent so many years in the saint's presence, and yet he had not such favors conferred on us. Their murmurings reached the ears of Sheikh Shahib Adin. They made this reply to them, You brought wet wood. How can wet wood catch fire? But Shakariya brought dry wood. With one puff, he went up into flames. Uh -huh. Do you like to continue with this guy? Mm -hmm. Huh? Mm. We got all the time in the world. We're on a an unending spiritual retreat, uh, lasting. Oh. <laughs> We're in permanent retreat, uh, retreating. It's Assembly 3, May 14, 1310. I obtained the good fortune of kissing his feet. Conversation turned to obedience and preoccupation with good. The Master observed everything which exists exists between two states of non-existence. That which is set between two states of non-existence must itself partake of non-existence as occurs in the days known to women. If one day blood appears, the second day cleanness, and the third day blood again, then that cleanness must also be reckoned as blood. And after that, on his blessed lips came the saying, Existence between two non-existences, pre-existence and azol, azal, and post-existence or abad. It's like the intermittent period of cleanness between two days of bleeding and menses. In other words, it is an illusionary and impermanent. The point is this, since... One's earthly life must be reckoned as non-existent. What reliance can be placed on it, and why should one pass this brief period in idleness and neglect? After that time, he told the story of a saint who was constantly preoccupied with God. Quote, he never fraternized with people. He was once asked, quote, what is the matter with you? Why do you never seek out anyone and avoid, always avoid the company of others? That saint gave his reply. Quote, Before this period I did not exist for thousands of years, and after this again I will not exist. Since a brief period of life that I am granted between two non-existences, why should I waste it by seeking out people and engaging in useless matters? Would to God that I may expend this gift of life in that which pleases God. Moana Mahmud Awadi, may his piety endure, was present. The master asked him, Where are you staying? In the house of Moana Burham Adin Garib, may his virtues persist, he replied. On the master's lips came this line of verse. Be pure and unmarred wherever you are.
After that, he observed, quote, Every day, some part of the earth asks other parts of the earth in language that expresses their respective conditions. Quote, Today, has any person who remembers God, a Dakiri, that's if you remember God, you're a Dakiri, D-H-A-K-I-R-I. Did any... Today, did any person who remembers God of Takiri tread upon you, or any grief-stricken person, or someone pain-afflicted? Most reply no. But if the reply is yes, then that portion of the earth on which such a holy one has tread assumes pride of place over the others. Hmm. Pride of place. Hmm. Assembly 4, in section 2, Wednesday, May 26, 1310. I had the benefit of kissing his feet. That day the master had just returned from attending funeral prayers for a dear friend. He began to speak of the spiritual states of the deceased. Quote, he was an upright man of high morals, and he expended money for noble ends. He never meddled in others' affairs, even though he had never taken someone's hand, that is, never become his disciple. He tread the path of righteousness. After that, on his blessed lips came the remark, quote, when a man acquires knowledge, he becomes noble, but when he acts obediently, his world becomes still better. And in this matter, he needs a spiritual guide so that he may break both idols, that is to say, when he subjects both knowledge and work to higher goal. To a higher goal, he becomes proud of neither and does not suffer from a lot reliance on them. In this connection, he then spoke of that deceased friend he had heard that at the time of his death he was alone. Neither relative nor stranger waited on him. There was only him and God. What a tremendous spiritual boon. <laughs> so, dying alone. Was this a spiritual boon? I don't know. That's what it says. Then he told a stranger about Sheikh Sahib Adin Khatib Hansawai. H-A-N-S-A-W-I. He used to pray in private, imploring the Master, O oh God, I have fulfilled all the promises I made you. I am hopeful that you, for your part, will grant me this one wish, that at the time of my death, no one, no one will be with me. Neither the angel of death nor any other angel. Just you and me. He just wants to be with God and nobody else. Yeah. No angels or nothing. And after this, the master continued, this Sahib Adin was a very dear, special dear one every evening. He would recite Sirat al-Baqarah before going to sleep. Quote, one night, 
as he tells the story. Quote, I had no sooner finished reading the sir than I heard a voice coming from the corner of my room. Take heed of me, or else be gone, I say. Though my friends I kill, still no heed you'll pay. The people of my household were fast asleep. I was astonished. Who could have spoken these words, especially since there was no one in the house for whom such lines could have come forth? Take heed of me, or else be gone, I say. The master, when he arrived at this first, began to cry. He was engulfed in tears so much that he could not finish his account of Sheikh Sahib Adin. Weeping, he kept saying, quote, This was the message delivered to Moana Shihab Adin. He experienced hardships. He underwent trials, yet he died as he wished. The master then spoke of Sama and the people of Sama. Sama. S-A-M-A, he remarked, is a proving ground for men of spiritual prowess. Conversation then turned to the question, how does faith work? He observed, quote, the unbelievers at the time of death will experience punishment, but at that moment they will profess belief, but it will not be reckoned to them as belief because it will not be faith in the unseen. If the believer repents at the time of death, that repentance of his will be accepted. Only the faith of the unbeliever at death remains unacceptable. Hmm. Anyways, this is, I'll stop here at 30 minutes. We're reading from uh, Nazam, N-A-Z-A-M, Adin Aliyah, who is apparently uh, a disciple, Sufi master who was also a disciple, Baba Farid, and uh, his disciple was maybe Amir Khusro, who was a famous poet, and he worked out of Delhi, India. Born uh, 1242. Poems? From, poems? from that poet. Well, oh, that poet, Amir Khusro? We'd love to. Baba Farid has poems. <laughs> Baba Farid is in the Guru Granth Sahib. They're both uh, both very good. Farid and Amir Khusro. Poems. Remember one said one of my poems happened. It is what how to say it exactly. They complain that he doesn't write a book. Yeah. One of one of my one verse is a book. One of my verses is a book. Then, what if one of my verses was a book? Who was that? Oh, just one of my verses is a book. Now you're asking for backwards research here. I have to flip the book. I can't check. Somewhere in our readings... We read one versus a book. Uh, it was not not a well known one. Uh, I have to look it up. Uh, it's not one of these two guys. It's somebody within the. One of my verses is a book. Uh, they ask him why he didn't write more books, right? So. Do you remember the names of those poems now, of those poets now? Do you remember? 
the names of the poets I read? That you just uh, named. That I just named? Mm -hmm. Do I remember a poem? Do you remember their names? Who? Baba Farid or, or Amar Kusro? Yeah, both of them. Do I remember them? Do you remember them? <laughs> Do I remember their poems? <laughs> No, remember the names so we can look for poems. The names of the poems? No, the names of the saints. The names of the saints? Of course I remember them. I would, how would I say their name? Okay. I've already encountered Amir Kusro. So, can you find the poem now? Uh, not right away. Do you think there's anything on the web? It probably is. Why don't I read Maneri and switch okay. to the other guy? Right. We could find that later. Okay. We're in a, on a homestay where we can have all the time in the world to look at the obscure Sufi mystic poets from the past in translation on the purpose of the Internet. They're not obscure. The purpose of the Internet is to... The whole purpose. The purpose is to per surprise old manuscripts of Persian Sufi poems. That's the whole purpose. Uh, not, there isn't much else. Uh -huh. What? 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 They're obscure. Yeah. And what did I say? Well, they're not obscure. Maybe obscure to like. Uh, what did I say? Uh, they're famous. I don't know what you said. I said they're not obscure. We are blind. We are obscure. <laughs> no, we are blind, so we see it obscurely. Do you understand? Uh, well, they're not obscure. I didn't say they're, they're not obscure to... to uh, no, I didn't think what I meant by what I said. Do you still understand or you still don't? Uh... They're obscure if you don't understand said, them. Yeah, it's something you, you can see it well if, uh, if, if, you don't, if you don't know it at all. You know? you're blind to well, do you know where they are and where to get them and what their names are? No, I just, uh, I just uh, commented on the word you use, obscure. Oh, well, they're not well known by, like, Americans or something. But all right, yeah, that's better. Well, not, it's only what, maybe, not even one out of a hundred are, like, reading uh, Sufi poetry. I mean, the people know, people are reading Rumi, so yeah, they, okay. most people know Moana Rumi. And the Masnavi. Okay, so that's, he's not obscure, let's say. Eracursor uh, is not a real obscure either. He's pretty famous, and so is Baba Farid. But some others may be more obscure. Less known, I would say. Less known. These two are not that well known. They weren't known to me until now. But, uh, but like I said, they're like... Uh, Uh, these guys, uh, they're venerated still the, in India mostly. Hmm. They're venerated in India. These two probably are. They're both from India.
But anyways, I'm going to switch to the other guy. To my next reading is Maneri. Huh? This was, yeah.